Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone, and thank you again for listening to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. This is Kylie Miller, and today I've got County Agents Dennis Burns and Mr. R.L. Frazier in the room. Thank you. Hello. And we're also joined with Dr. Matt Foster. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, so well, let's get started talking. Um, Matt, you've had your first summer with us. Um, how are you liking it so far? It's going well. It's uh, you know been a bit overwhelming having a, a statewide responsibility, but it's it's been going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, put out fifteen corn uh, variety trials on farm this year. Uh, have around seven cotton and around uh, four grain sorghum so uh, been been spread out yeah you've been busy so, um so what do the crops look like they're looking good uh you know still a little bit of corn in the field uh you know i'd say we're probably 98 percent harvested so still a little bit to cut some of that later planted corn but yields have been good uh most people i've talked to have been been satisfied with their corn crop right. uh, still a little bit of grain sorghum in the field uh, yields have been good uh, on sorghum. Uh, Talked to a lot of growers; they're considering planting more sorghum next year if the market uh, stays, you know, stays favorable for grain sorghum. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, what other crop do you have? Let's see. You've got. He's got, he's got cotton. cotton too. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. So, uh, what's the cotton crop look like? So, We've got a hurricane here right now. It's raining outside. So. <laughs> So, Kylie, in my opinion, over the past month, the cotton crop has really just, you know, changed phenomenally. Uh, I guess because, you know, uh, it was a little later planted. It's, it's really improved, uh, in my opinion. Uh, going back to hurricanes, uh, the cotton crop didn't receive any damage from Hurricane Ida. Uh, you know, most areas received, you know, right around half an inch of rain. No, no substantial damages from Ida. And uh, that was good because, you know, there were several fields that had open bowls and uh, they received a lot of rain. They could have, you know, uh, mm-hmm. been damaged by that. Yeah. But, uh, is, that, is that like they're getting today? Yeah, that's like they're getting today. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully we won't get, it, it, you know, a whole lot of rain out of this. But I know some people have started harvesting. A lot of defoliants been going out. Uh, I'd say we're probably 2 3% harvested statewide. Really? Which if, if you look at the five-year average i think that's around five percent uh this time of the year yeah. so we're not too far behind yeah yeah uh, you know Matt, looking at some of the cotton that i've looked at in the parish and here on the station i mean the early planted cotton we in july we lost a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. it shed like the bottom crop and some of the middle crop it just shed now the later planted cotton didn't it kind of held it and it looks to me the later planted cotton looks better than the early stuff. Early stuff. I don't think it's just a factor of environment uh, just yeah, any stress factors or you know yeah. drought drought factor or drought's really not been an issue this year. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen, yeah. seen a drought. <laughs> we've watered I mean we've watered soybeans oh, um, yeah. but there's been some cotton's been irrigated. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but I know this year we did lose a lot of fruit to plant bug. Plant bug oh. pressure has been really high this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen what Dennis is talking about there. I've seen the same thing. You know, uh, a lot of the earlier cotton, bottom end, you know, we lost some of the middle. Everything, looking at your variety trial that we have, uh, same thing showing up there. You know, 
uh, cross varieties. Mm -hmm. uh, looks like that we've got a pretty solid middle crop and top crop. Uh, I actually got a call the other day on a target spot. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a little little more pressure from target spot this year mm -hmm. than in the past. Uh, but yet the cotton was looking good. I talked, yeah, I talked to Trey, and he said it's starting to, you know, appear in certain areas of the state. Um, going back to the, the, you know, the fruit drop and everything, we've had a lot of cloudy days this year, mm -hmm. a lot of cloudy weather, and I think that, you know, uh, played played a part in it. But but even if, and to go back to RL here with the target spot, even on target spot, if it shows up now, at the point most probably most of the cotton. It's just going to foliate. It's not really going to affect not, yield, is it? In my opinion, I don't think so. So, I mean, if it takes a few leaves off, it's not going to That's not going to hurt anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, good. That's well, I mean, like this morning when I left the house, we're probably, well, we're probably getting it three inches right now. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't know about y'all because... We, when I left this morning, uh, didn't check the rain gauge at my house, but according to my electronic yeah. reporting <laughs> well climate view okay i use it mm -hmm. uh got fields scattered all over the two parishes i work and half inch mm -hmm. was the most we had probably the most uniform half inch i've seen <laughs> all year it's pretty much just you know there, there's some hot spots and yeah, some, just, some, yeah. some lower i say hot spots some got more some got less but it was pretty pretty even half inch. My yeah. concern is if this thing stalls like they they kind of have been talking about, and we just sit in this misty rain mm -hmm. for the next oh yeah till the weekend. Well, that's not. That's, Dennis that's, and I actually talked about that this morning as I was driving in. You know this this cloudy misty weather. Probably if it hangs on for three or four days, could probably do more harm than a two-inch rain. Yeah, that's the right. sun that's would right. pop right, right back out. That's what we need. Which when the coming from Fairview to St. Joe, I could see a break in the cloud cover. So I'll, yeah, I mean it's quit raining here now at the station where we're recording, and and it's I mean the sun's trying to come out a little bit. So I mean we probably had two plus between two and three, maybe two and a half here, but it's been just that. That it hasn't been heavy rain. It's just a steady rain. I mean, you walk through it, and you don't get really unless you stand out in it. You're not going to get that wet, you know, just walking to your car. Mm -hmm. But it's going to soak in, and and I'm concerned, you know. Um, I got I got another question. Go for it. All right, you said and you mentioned this. We talked earlier. Thirty inch corn. What's your opinion? Based on uh, what we've seen here at the station, and I've got some variety trials throughout the state, and some of those producers are on 30-inch corn, it seems to do a little better than, uh, you know, 30, 38 inches. Uh, so. Well, that's good. It, uh, I think, and that's just been, and we've, we've all talked about it because we've got producers. We don't have a lot of producers on 30s, but we do have enough, and it seems to be, if you're in, Corn and soybeans, that rotation, 30 seems to be a very good fit. The 60-inch cotton has come in. Morel's got a producer. I've got one. That's all I know of in the state on 60-inch cotton. And, uh, but what do you think about it? I mean, I, it's not for everybody. Don't get me wrong. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody, but 
I think it's definitely something worth looking into, uh, you know, especially if it can, the benefits can justify, uh, you know, the equipment changeover and everything. But I definitely think it's something, you know, to look into. As I know uh, producers here in Tinsaw, they, uh, I forget the actual number, but they said they have a, you know, huge savings per acre yeah. just by going to the 60 inch cotton. Yeah. Let fewer inputs, they're uh, yeah. able to band, you know, band uh, applications of uh, you know, PGR, insecticides, things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, they band, uh, they built a rig that they can spray with. It, it's it's the old Bassagran rig, the old banding rig that we used to call it, and uh, it's, and they built one bigger, and their cotton, I saw them spraying it, it was almost or knee high or better, and they were still banding, you know, you know and they, but their seeding rate is is much lower. Basically, cut it. Would it cut in half or not? Not in half. Not in half. But sixty. They probably cut it forty percent. Forty percent. I mean, it's it's significant on their seeding rate. Mm -hmm. And I know the the sixty inch we have here on the station last year looked really good. Did really well. I don't I don't think it's going to be as good this year because because we were in that planting window that shed fruit and mm -hmm. uh, it's. I'll put it like this. I figured out my last bloom was August the 25th, and I'm going to carry it as long as I can carry it. <laughs> and it's, but I mean, it, it, it fruited well afterwards. I mean, it's, it's fruited well out on the limbs, and, and it did well. And we didn't pick it a whole lot either this year. Uh, so it, I don't know, we'll see. Speaking of cotton, you know, we're getting a little bit cooler temperatures, and, uh, you know, a lot of the later planted cotton this year. Growers need to be considered, you know, considered like when they're applying a harvest aid. Some of these harvest aids or defoliants are more sensitive to cooler temperatures, and so just be aware of that. Uh, that yeah. particular what particular product you're, you're planning to use. Well, so. going to your row widths again. It's ironic. You've got we got the 60 inch cotton, but I've actually got a producer also that's got 30 inch. Got two. One is planting 30 inch on a skip. Okay, two thirties and a skip. Then I've got one that's actually planted continuous or solid thirties. Wow. That's gonna be interesting to see. Visited with him on that and he doesn't know either. I mean he he you know, he's hoping. Well his comment to me was he said, I think I can make it work long as pick stays where it, where it's at price wise. But it looked good. It looked good. It looked really good and it planted in that later window that you were talking about, Dennis, and it didn't seem to be shedding the last time I looked at it, okay? But it looks really good. I would just think bowl rot would just tear that 30 inch up. Being so close. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he's only planting what? One seed per foot? Yeah, something I mean, like that. I mean, you figure, when you, you do the math to figure it out, if you plant 40,000, you know, you're only about a little over one seed per foot, so yeah. it's not a, a you're, year. You're plant plant space, and it's not going to be. Yeah, it's, and I think he told me that it was less than forty. Yeah, well, you can I probably think thirty-eight, but I ain't gonna don't hold yeah. me to that. That's in Madison, no, uh, East Carroll. East Carroll. Okay. Could be interesting to see. Yeah. You'll have to take pictures and post them on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, tweet stuff. Yeah. Thinking about stopping and taking a picture sometimes is not in my programming. What? what <laughs> I need to be reprogrammed. What made him want to do that, RL? Just to try it or just. Well, he's 30 inch everything. 30 inch everything else, okay. So I think he didn't want to go maybe the 60. Yeah. 
because of combine, I mean picker, excuse mm -hmm. me, that he might, I, I didn't ask him that question, uh, but he also has some 30 inch skip also. Okay. The 30 inch skip, I've seen it, we had a producer here that grew some years ago, because he was 30 inch anyway, and he grew 30 inch skip. The biggest problem he had with it was, you know, he's got, he's a, he got a 16 row planter. Well, it's fine for corn and beans. But when you throw the skip in there, it kind of throws everything off. You know, you're off, the skip throws your rows off. And uh, he didn't do it for a couple of years, and I think it was just, it just didn't fit. The got another producer that's uh, been doing 30-inch skips a couple of years. And the first year they'd done it, I don't know about last year, I didn't get to visit with them. The first year they'd done it, they, they loved it, yielded great. But that 60-inch gap in there, mm -hmm. you know, the more sunshine, the more bowl, it did have a tendency to lodge a little bit yeah. coming into those open areas. Mm -hmm. And weather caused it to lay. Had it not laid down, oh, it would have been phenomenal. But where it fell over, mm -hmm. so it was a little bit more difficult to get up under it. The six inch generally gets more bushy. Yeah. yeah, and you can keep it you keep it short. And you look at this on the station, it's shorter. It's kind of squats. Mm -hmm. The sixty inch number one thing is you got to pick the right variety. If you yeah. pick the wrong, we picked the wrong variety last year. We still did phenomenally well, but it was the forty inch, the the, the cotton variety liked forty better than it liked sixty, and it may and consequently it won. It beat it by two or three hundred pounds of length. But we think this year we picked a different variety. We picked a more full season variety. The only thing that we will, I'm going to say this, and then we'll, I know Kylie's waving at me over here. We got the hush. So um, if you go 30s, and this is the one thing everybody's talked about 30s, is you want a bed. If you do a 30-inch bed, it's hard to stay on top of it. You've got, just almost got to go to a wide bed, a 60-inch bed that you can plan on. And because you're just trying to stay, and we fought it here on the station when I, I was a research associate. You did it when you were a research associate, Kylie. And you just can't, even a full row planter with row huggers just doesn't want to stay on a 30-inch bed. I don't know. And so the wide bed, that's where the wide bed comes in. And that's, you know. I got one last question for him going back to corn. Oh, and I'm putting you on the spot. If you don't feel comfortable, that's fine too. Uh, you here in corn yields everywhere. Are you comfortable with making any kind of prediction on a statewide yield right now? And mm, I'd say it's. I think last year we were like 180, 181, maybe a little lower. I'd say 185. Just to guess. I'm just with a, you. Just a wild guess. I mean, going to corn now, I do want to bring this point up. I have been seeing a lot of fields being burned, uh, and um, we do not we do not recommend burning. Um, I'm actually putting out an article today. It's putting a value on the nutrient content left over in the stover. And if you're at a 200 bushel corn crop yield, just by you know based on fertilizer prices, the value of the nutrient content in that stover is around 113 dollars per acre. Wow. I'm glad to see somebody put a number on that. And, yeah. And with the fertilizer prices going up yeah. every yeah. day. And we just, uh, you know, 
there's no sense in burning it. Let Mother Nature do her thing. Let it naturally decompose. I mean, you could if you want to do something with it to make it look more pretty or to, you know, speed up the degradation of it. You could bush hog and then rehip or something like that. Uh, I mean. I'm, back well. I'm glad you said no burning. <laughs> we talked about that last week on the podcast. Yep. So that yep. was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we just, we got to burn. Now, if you do burn, you need to do do a tillage operation immediately following the burn the burning because you could potentially lose more P and K with the ash blowing away, being moved by rain and, and things of that nature. So if you do do burn, you know, uh, we're not recommending burning, but if you do, uh, you need to incorporate that you know that ash into the soil. Yeah. So. And while we're talking about burning, <laughs> I guess I can plug Mr. James's uh, burn uh, class yeah. that he does. What's it called? It's the burn prescribed burn, 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 burn management. management. Yeah, burn management class. So. And you have to be now. Y'all correct me. You do you have to be a licensed burn manager to actually technically have to burn, or do you have to have the training to be? I can't remember. I did it. I, I, I did it for our form, and I oh, I can't remember. I don't think there's no legal requirement yet. There is a certification. If something happens, you're covered. You you're, 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 you stand a, got a little more coverage if something was to happen. How about that? Because you're supposed to, now listening to James and stuff, mm -hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't you supposed to go like to, for us, would be the Jackson Weather Station? And get the yep. the printout of the day, and it tells you it's a good wind. day to burn. It's not a good day. The yep. wind direction, the speed, the and humidity. You're supposed to have that on your records for. So all that, is, so that does, as you say, it helps you, you yeah. covers you. Yeah. That you did actually, you checked all the boxes before you lit the match. Before. <laughs> I think the first Not thing James says in the class that you learn is don't burn. So. Yeah. I think the Ag <laughs> Center has an app, Firecast or they something may. like that. They may. I think well, they're doing sugar cane. They burn yeah. sugar cane all the oh, time. Oh, it's That's very common. That's where they started, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very common sugar cane. Of course, you know, sugar cane's a high-residue crop. You know, uh, it's a perennial crop. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have to uh, have to burn to get rid of that residue. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wonder, that $113 per acre, that encompasses, you know, nitrogen, P and K and sulfur. So that's right. not just one nutrient. That's okay. that's a, a total of all of them. That's coming in the crops blog that y'all do? Yeah, yeah. We're okay. going to put that in the, the LA Crops newsletter. Okay. And I may send it out to the consultants. Just a little uh, yeah. a little article. We did a table about the nutrient content left over in the stover. And then just a scenario of potential for loss, you know, if you do burn and then just come up with that number yeah. based on fertilizer prices. Yeah. So, so if y'all are interested in that, whenever <clears> we get that, we'll... We'll get that in the email. Sounds so good. Let us know if you'd yeah. like that if you don't get it. Um, but I guess we can close here. Matt, we uh, appreciate your time and so glad you made the journey to St. Joe. And <laughs> Thank y'all for <laughs> having me. visit with us. Yeah, it and, wasn't uh, too, too long of a journey. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, uh, we uh, hope you have a great growing season as we finish it out, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.